All right. I'd like to direct your attention tonight to the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 2. It's good to have Sister Don Bolding's son, tall, dark, and handsome, with us here tonight. You know, anytime I see a very good-looking younger man visiting our church, I know just what they're thinking. Now, you're saying, Pastor, how can you possibly know what they're thinking? Well, because I'm the pastor. Hallelujah. And I'll just park it there. I'll just park it there. First Peter chapter number 2 and verse... Number 17. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor all men. Now in my Bible, in the King James Version... From time to time, you will see a word that is italicized. Everybody said italicized. That was put there by translators to complete the thought. Because it was a big deal translating from original languages into English. But I want to talk to us for a few minutes here tonight. We're not going to be here real long, but just long enough for you to say I went to church. I want to talk to us about honor and respect. Honor and respect. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for your people. There's just no... There's just no substitute for doing things right, being right, staying right, living right. We pray that you're with us here in a special measure here tonight. Touch all of us. Give us understanding above all. Give us understanding and comprehension. Not how we can fit the word into our lives, but how we can adapt and change to fit the word. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now I will preach just as long as the electricity stays on. Um, recently there was a ridiculous Celebrity auction. Kim Kardashian, does anybody know who that is? Some of you are looking guilty. 
Kim Kardashian paid $65,625 for a velvet jacket worn by Michael Jackson. I think I can think of a few better things to do with $65,000, can't you? A pair of Nike Air Jordans sold for $560,000. Another pair of Air Jordans that was signed by Michael Jordan sold for $1.5 million. Not pesos. Dollars. It get, oh, hey, it gets better. Listen up. A silver dog bowl. Where's Sister Mayo? Don't you even think about what I'm about to say. A silver dog bowl owned by comedian Joan Rivers sold for $13,750. Somebody needs to be buggy whipped for spending that kind of money. It gets progressively worse. Michael Jackson's famous glittery glove. Just one. Couldn't even get a pair. Sold to a Hong Kong businessman for $350,000. Something Wong. Something is Wong. Something is Betty Wong. Oh, listen to this. You're going to love this. In 2009, a lock of Elvis Presley's hair sold for $15,000. I will sell a garbage bag full of hair. My hair. For 50 bucks. No takers. Britney Spears. Sold some ABC gum for $14,000 on eBay. That is how crazy our world is. And finally, there's, there was a, a boy band called One Direction. One of the original members' name was Niall Horan, Horan, whatever. I don't follow this kind of stuff. He, I saw this stuff, I couldn't even believe it. He had a half-eaten piece of toast. You come to my house, you ain't going to see nothing but crumbs. He had a half-eaten piece of toast that sold for $100,000. You got you to gotta love those dumpster divers, folks. They're coming up with some real stuff. Really crazy to see the value system of a world that has been molded and shaped by total insanity, depravity, and just lack, just lack of good sense. Several years ago, um, we had a visiting pastor. He's very well known in, in apostolic circles 
named Pastor Donald Tipton, pastors in Mississippi. I actually had the pleasure of, uh, we were in the same meeting together um, called Deeper down in Tomball, Texas. And after that, I invited him to come and, and visit Spokane, and, and he preached for us. He also preached Cornerstone North. We were across the street in our other building, and some of you that are here may remember this. I never forgot it. Here is a man that's never been to Spokane. I'm not even sure he's ever been to Washington, but he'd never been to Spokane. Came to the pulpit and made this statement. No preface, no introductory remarks. He came to the pulpit and he said, I feel honor in this church. This is a very gifted man. He's used... He's used by God in a lot of different ways. But he, he made this statement. He said, I feel honor amongst this group of people in this church. And he said, it feels so refreshing. I never forgot that. It felt like it was a great compliment to this church. Our text tonight it almost looks like a benediction rather than right here in almost the center of this general epistle. But the Apostle Peter says to honor all. One of the critical environments that shapes the perspective of people is how a congregation individually and corporately upholds these supernatural characteristics. They are not natural. They are not natural. They do not come to us naturally. The very first environment that can allow those principles to be known and then to be picked up is the family. The family is, is the cornerstone of all culture and all society, and it is in the family where these types of things, most specifically tonight, honor and respect, are things that are displayed and are picked up by children. And I have done my fair share of pre-marriage counseling and marriage counseling, and this is probably a good time to say that there's two things that are critical to keeping a happy marriage. If you don't have these, um, you can be married, but you probably will not be all that happy. And that is there must be trust And there must be respect. Now, what's unique about trust and respect is they are not, you cannot demand somebody. You cannot demand somebody to trust you. You cannot demand somebody to respect you. They are, they, 
to be genuine, to be authentic. They have to be given as a choice of the human will. Sister Drew, leave Charles alone. He might get something out of this. Brother Charles, I'm really not trying to get up in your stuff. I'm trying to help. I tried to save you. What I seen right there wasn't good. And it sounds like God is trying to say, go ahead. I can hear it. Furniture is moving around in heaven. Okay, so there has to be two vital elements in order for a marriage to move forward and to be happy. And it's trust. View them as guardrails, if you please. But you have trust on one side, and you have respect on the other side. They are extremely fragile. And because there is a fragility to these human dynamic principles of life, if they are lost, they're not easy to get back. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it just, it, it, takes, it takes some effort to do that. Um, we, my wife and I just got back from the south here, the deep south. It was so deep, I didn't even know where it was. We were driving around in the dark, um, just, just, just deep, deep, deep south. And one of the things that I have always appreciated about the south is not the humidity. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, but one of the things that the culture that still to this day is is so is so reticent. It's 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 discernible. It's detectable. It's you come in contact with. It, is that there is a respect that is in the South that is missing in other places of the country. It's yes, sir. It's no, sir. It's yes, ma'am. It's no, ma'am. There is, and I'm sure there's exceptions to this, but but nonetheless, this is very prevalent. It's part of the culture of the South, that there is a respect for authority. Um, I mean, there's thugs everywhere, and there's despots everywhere, but I'm just saying, as a culture, the South is known for their politeness. Now, I say that. I've picked up on that ever since I've been saved, and every once in a while here in Spokane, somebody will say, you must be from the South. Or they say um, that you must be in the military. And neither. But I have the Holy Ghost. And so how people are raised is the very first environment in life that both honor and respect should be part of that family culture because it is transmitted and translated to the children. Okay, this is where we take a fork in the road right here. Although I appreciate the South with the yes, sir, and the no, sir, 
And although the human family is the very most critical environment in which to manifest honor and respect, I do not believe that that is what the Bible is talking about. I believe that what the Bible is talking about is adopting a perspective of the Holy Ghost in our lives that puts a value on people that nothing else can do. Let's take a closer look at this word honor. The, this word honor simply means to value something, to place a value upon. That is literally what this word means. It means to respect, to esteem, to have dignity, distinction, reverence. It is a supernatural consideration of the value that God places on a human being by loving them. Now, I, I know that sounds like a mouthful, but the reality of it is it's really simplistic, is if you see people the way God sees them, there is automatic honor that is attached to that. This is a great place for us to have a little bit of Pentecostal calisthenics. Why don't we just lift our hands and praise the Lord right here. Just as a little sorbet for the next movement. God, we love you. God, we praise you. You're worthy of all things. Your value system is from another world. And that is what we passionately want and need. Now, let's, let's continue. Some people are still praying. Let's pray with them. God, I love you. Touch us tonight. The world has gone crazy with a value system that has fallen, corrupt. The Bible says honor all. That is an impossibility without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In fact, there is so much in the Word of God that is, that, is, that is totally dependent. There is very little that it's in the, in, is in the Word of God that, that is requiring us to do something not in the Holy Ghost or not as a byproduct of the Holy Ghost. In fact, the entire ministry of Jesus was futuristic because none of it was livable, understandable, or applicable until people were in the New Testament church. The entirety of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, was absolutely a discourse of living in the kingdom, which is impossible to do in the flesh. And this is where religion comes from. This is where denominational comes from. This is where people think that I can start doing this in the flesh even though it's a spiritual principle. No, you've missed it. Let's first get in the spirit of God and then it's not me doing it anymore according to Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. It's now we have ceased from our works and now God is working through us. 
the only effort we're supposed to manifest is to labor to get into his rest. The rest being the Holy Ghost. Goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. So the word honor means to fix or place a value upon another human being. And the Apostle Peter says to honor all. Hallelujah. Honor and respect starts right here. It starts with me. And it starts with you. How we honor and respect God's love for us, what he has done for us, his plans for us, is automatically transferred to others. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm a pretty good guy. I mean, you know, I make mistakes every once in a while. I try to like everybody. That's denominationalism. The Spirit of God is, when I get full of the Holy Ghost, I can come out of isolation. I can love people that are like me. I can love people that are not like me. I can love people that are from the other side of the tracks. I can love people that live on the hill. I can love people that took the bus here. I can love people that drive a four-wheel. I could go on all night. You understand what I'm saying? There are no biases. There are no prejudices. There are no looking at people like, I don't like this, I don't like that. That's you. When we get full of the Holy Ghost and we look at another person, we're just saying, praise God. Praise God. Love you. Love you. Let's shout. Let's dance. Let's run. Let's lift our hands. Let's give him praise. Let's worship God. Let's do some of that right now. Nobody is any more important than any other human being. God is no respecter of person. And when you understand that, it's easier to love everybody. Hallelujah. The opposite of honor and respect to dishonor and to disrespect. I'm not going to preach long. Let's, let's you and I have a little agreement, okay? If I feel like you're really getting this, then I'll go real fast. If, if, if I get just a notion that you ain't getting it, we may be here a while. Is that all right? I'm just having fun. You know, that's the problem people have. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm real open. I'm like wide open, like, a, like a, a gas pedal all the way to the floor. And sometimes I'm, I'm fun with people, and they don't, their, their view of leadership has never encompassed that. And when I realize they're not getting that, I have to back up for your sake, not my sake. And so I have to make those kind of adjustments all the time as a pastor because it's, this isn't about me. 
disrespect and dishonor comes down to one thing. Familiarity. Now, see, we naturally, without the Holy Ghost, we want to gravitate towards people that have the same likes, the same dislikes. We have the same interests. We have the same type of personality. We, we feel the same way about things. Those are the kind of people that I naturally am going to gravitate towards. Okay? Is that right? Okay? Just nod. Just don't fall asleep. Just nod. That's religion. Religion says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church with people. And after I leave that church, man, I don't want to see that dude till Sunday. If ever again. That's carnality. When you're in the Holy Ghost, it's, I can't wait till Tuesday. I can't wait till Wednesday. I can't wait till Sunday. I can't wait till the picnic. I can't wait till revival. I can't wait till Brother Marks comes back. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And we're all in it together. That can only happen when we're in the Holy Ghost. But since this is a Holy Ghost-filled church, we cannot accept anything else. We cannot tolerate anything else. You're going to have to come up to God's level or you're going to end up living offended. No, I'm, I'm preaching right now. People become offended with no way, they have no tools on how to resolve that. There's only one way out. You have to get in the Holy Ghost. If we forgive them their trespasses, guess what? God will forgive yours, and now you can walk in the Spirit again. The thing that holds that up, it holds it up is when you say, you know what, I can't take, that person offended me over there. Well, go to him. Give him the opportunity to apologize. No, I'd rather talk to all my friends and build a firing squad, and now we can all shoot at him. And God says, I am not pleased with that. You are cut off from that. But when you recognize, I need the blood, you need the blood, I need the altar, you need the altar, I need to pray, you need to pray, I need to speak in tongues, you need to speak in tongues, I need the grace, I need the mercy, I need the blood. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. Honor all. Come on, let's praise him. No, let's really praise him. You and I are in this by design. We didn't choose him. He chose us. And if you'll live in that revelation, the things that you'll genuinely claim ownership that are really yours, the circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you realize everything I have is from God. I have no ownership. 50 years from now, some poor guy's going to be wearing these shoes. This jacket may end up in some goodwill somewhere. And some, if the church is still here, some Pentecostal guy may buy it on a rack at a thrift store. Somebody else will be driving that truck I've got. If not, if they don't force us to drive electric cars to go beep, beep, beep. My goodness, who's coming up with all this stuff?
Leave my diesel truck alone. What I'm trying to say is things pass through my life. Things pass through your life. We don't claim any ownership. Somebody else will be living in that house in 50 years if the Lord tarries. Somebody else will be doing this in 50 years. I'm just going through this. But God says, all right, you're going to close and and all this and all this. But the main thing, did you get honor? Did you get the things that really matter? Did you get the things that are really valuable? Come on, let's clap our hands and give him praise. Thank God for this tonight. You can have this. It's for everybody. Hallelujah. This is God's idea. This is not Pastor Mayo's. This is not a denomination. This is not an organization. This is not a group of people that left the Reformation period. This is God's idea. Disrespect and dishonor. Is only a po- that's different from somebody's personality, just being what it is, and it just gets on your nerves. That's not the same thing. Just hold on. God's working on everybody. But when you get overly familiar with people, all of a sudden, when you say, hey, I feel like God told me something, they look at you like, God ain't going to talk to you. Why not? Because I know much, how much of an idiot you are. That's why. That's a familiar spirit where they can't hope with you. They can't dream with you. They don't honor you. They don't respect you anymore. Familiarity destroys respect. That's why even your very best friends, there's some people I am actually worried about. They're like a clan. And you can't have this type of spiritual dignity and honor and respect with a clan. Where nobody can be more spiritual and nobody can. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm in the Holy Ghost and I know how this stuff works. And you, you got to understand there's entire groups of people in, 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 in Pentecost that, that, that they, they don't even honor their own family members. They don't honor anybody. Somebody says, I feel, I feel called to preach. I don't want to do this. I don't want to watch that. And if the, if the family's watching this, the whole family comes against them. I'm telling you, we need to get full of the Holy Ghost in the end days. We need to be full of the Spirit of God. The world's going down. God's pouring out his grace. We might as well get in the flow and be what God's called us to be. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. Yeah, you. Yeah, me. Yeah, all of us. Familiarity. A familiar spirit. What's a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit There's probably a couple different ways to look at this, but this is, since I got the microphone, I'll take a shot at it. The devil is telling me every day, you can't do that. They don't love you. You ain't all that good. You're a loser. You're this, you're that, you're this. Does that spirit talk to anybody else? Am I the only one? Am I the only one in this building that the devil comes to me and says, you ain't going to get that building. You ain't going to be able to go to the next level. 
Well, we already been through five. I guess we proved him a liar. We filled the last four. We're going to fill this one. We're already drafting plans for the next one. Somebody says, I don't know if I want all these buildings. Hey, if there's people going to hell, let's be in a building program. This ain't a retirement center. This is for everybody. A familiar spirit is when that voice that just attacks your brain now is working through a human being. Family members? I better get back up here where I feel safe. Where's security? What if somebody in this congregation ran up here and tried to get me? Which one of you guys is going to save me? No, Brother Sergio's right next to the door. He's looking for a way out. <laughs> Kyle might try, but he's a little small, but that's okay. Hey, that's okay. Goliath came down. Let me finish. I want Cornerstone to be known as the church that loves everybody. See, there's some people coming to this, they are not used to this kind of love. Hey, I love you. Man, that church is weird. What? They, they hug everybody. Just be glad we're not giving everybody a holy kiss. It's in the Bible. You see somebody trying to give your wife a holy kiss, you have my permission to take your fist and punch the wall. There ain't going to be no holy kiss in this church unless it's me kissing my wife and you know what I'm saying. But there's a lot of people in our world because the love of many is wax cold, iniquity abounds, selfishness. It's what I want to do. It's my plans. It's what it's my plans for my life. It's where we want to go. It's what we want to do. It's this is how we want to lift out, live out the rest of our life. This is where we want to retire. This is where we want to relocate. This is what we want to do. Did it ever dawn on you that you could end up over there or wherever it is or in any type of a situation? And God says, No, 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 no. The next chapter of your life was where you were. The next chapter of your life is where nobody wanted to stay. The next chapter of your life. Anybody out there? Come on, Abraham, you can't go back. You got to keep going. There, you, there's generations behind you that's counting on you to listen to God and to move forward in the Holy Ghost. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. All right. Honor and respect. This familiarity spirit, you... you a lot of people do not have good boundaries for friendships. You really need the Holy Ghost to be able to get all your dashboard lights. See, boundaries, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, there are boundaries there. And the minute that these, that somebody is getting in the wrong space, you're going to feel it. This is why the Bible says that you have an unction and need not that any man should teach you. That doesn't mean that you don't need a pastor and you, do, you don't need to hear the word of God. That means that there are some things 
that God's spirit in protecting you because of God's design for you is going to let you know. The worst thing you can do is isolate yourself without any type of these type of, well, you know, I don't want to get hurt again. Well, what you did is, in Matthew chapter 25, the man that was cursed by Jesus hid his talent. You, you, you have to use biblical processes to get through your hurt, make sure that other people understand, hey, man, you just, you know, trespass, trespass. What's a trespass? A trespass is, I don't like where I'm at. I'm going to get right over on your lawn. How many hunters we got here? Go ahead and lift your hand. Uh, that was really bad, Brother Austin. You can do better than that. Come on, get your hand up there. You guys know what trespassing is. You could preach this next part. You guys trespass every year. But the Bible uses that. I'm almost done, really. Please stay connected to me. The Bible uses the word trespass, and it literally means to step out of your spot. And most people that trespass, they don't have enough of the Holy Ghost to know that they're stepping out of their spot. This is why the, when you talk about having a Holy Ghost-filled church, that's more than just banging your ukuleles and it's more than that. It's people having a spirit-led life knowing that, hey, I'm sorry, I apologize for that, man, love you. Just, hey, what can I do to help you? I love you, da da da, da. You have, everybody's on the same spirit. You have, you, you have the unity of the spirit, and you have the spirit of unity. You have the unity of the faith. Everybody's on the same wavelength. When everybody's in the Holy Ghost, they have the right boundaries. They have the right relationships. Nobody's getting offended because they're operating within those boundaries because they're walking in the spirit. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Honor, to fix a value upon. Let's look at several biblical examples of this. I'm coming down the home stretch. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Honor thy father and mother. All the children say amen. <clears throat> you don't really think I'm going to accept that, do you? All the children say amen. All the children, please. Say amen. I tried, mom and dad, just like you are. Honor thy father and mother. This is the fifth commandment of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. But this is the first commandment with the promise. What is the promise? Go to the next verse that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. God is not a man that he should not lie. He cannot lie. But make no mistake about it. If mom and dad do not honor the children... It's not likely that the children are going to honor their mom and dad. 
It has, honor has to be modeled. But make no mistake about it, the word of God is on your parents' side. I think I hated my parents for 17 years. And as I got a little older, my dad let it be known that he felt the same way. In retrospect, I really can't blame my parents. I dragged, was dragging our family name through the mud. I shamed and humiliated my parents just because I was stupid. I didn't know who I was. I didn't have an identity. And it is virtually impossible to connect with your parents until you understand your identity. I mean, it, it was like a moving target. The devil was in control. And I started looking at the world to define who I was. And it almost killed me. It almost killed me. And anytime you're allowing the world or a group of people in the world or a particular whatever to define who you are, you are going to become incredibly frustrated with Christianity because your identity is supposed to come directly from God. And it is completely in contradiction. But notice that honor is front and center in the home. First Peter chapter 3, verse number 7, look at this. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them. That's talking about your wife, according to knowledge. I could preach all night on that. Live with them according to knowledge. You have to learn your wife. I've been married successfully for a long time, and I'm still learning. She is like... There's that death ray of a look. She is like a vast library that I will spend a million lifetimes trying to read every book. All I can tell you guys is you better behave. That's all I know to tell you. You think you're going to get any super kind of stuff from me? I'm in this too, but I want to tell you, I love it. It is from God. And learning, learning your wife is a huge deal. It's not for boys. It's not for the selfishness of adolescence. It's for men. Dwell with them according to knowledge. If your wife doesn't like a particular thing that you do, why would you continue to do that? It means somebody hasn't grown up and accepted the fact that there's another person in this relationship. Is this all right tonight? You're saying, man, there's thunder, there's brother male. I don't know what God's trying to do to us. Is this all right tonight? You know, I, w I want to pastor a real church. I want to be real. 
And the only way I can be real is I have to be honest. See, Christianity starts with honesty. And sometimes being honest, you know, there's some pain attached to that. But that's better than suppressing it because now you're unreal. And there can be no blessing, there can be no integrity, there can be, there can be nothing accrued. When you're, when you're honest and you're in reality, there's an accruement, there's a growth, there's a, a development, there's a, a maturation. But when you're, when you're constantly suppressing this other side of your life that you don't want to deal with, there's nothing to build on. It's all eva- it's, it becomes evaporative. It evaporates. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. One translation, and I love this, one translation says she is like fine china that must be handled correctly. And all the men say, amen. And all the women say, amen. You are a magnificent creation from God. Seraphims and teraphims and cherubims stand at attention and in awe of every single one of us. That we are God's handiwork and we have experienced redemption and we are all working through. We're incredibly fallen, fallen that can't even be described how fallen we are. But we are so absolutely majestically loved. It appears like some eternal contradiction to the angelic realm. But yet, because we're so loved by God, the angels desire to look into this. So, she's the weaker vessel. Now, men, it's really important you get your act together. As being the heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers This honor thing is supernatural, has supernatural implications. I'm not really sure where God draws that line, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any guesswork here, but just this statement is severe enough. I don't want my prayers hindered. I don't want my prayers hindered. Can I get an amen? I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not just going through this because I don't have anything better to do. I mean, I, I came out of the world. God delivered me from so much. I, I, 
I, I'm, I'm like a man that's faded. I have no, I have no recourse. I have no plan B. I have no exit. I have, this is it. This is my life. So I want to get it. I want to get it right. I want to do the right thing. I want to be the right thing. I want to be what I'm supposed to be. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. I, I, no matter even if it's uncomfortable, I got to go through it. I want to go through it. I want to go up. I want to get closer to God. I want more God. I'm not in this because I don't have anywhere else to go. I'm in this because I love God. I met him one day. I'm intoxicated by this. Smitten, if you please. So you got to get that right. It's a big deal. All right. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 3. Neither as being lords. That's not. First Timothy 5, 3. That's 1 Peter 5. Brother Andy, you do such a good job, you can make a mistake every once in a while. We all make mistakes. Look at this. Honor widows. In James chapter number 1, we're not going to turn there. In James chapter 1, he gives us the definition of true religion. Does not say speaking in tongues. Does not say preaching a great message. It says visiting the fatherless and the widow, widows in their affliction. Why? They have, no, they have no masculine figure in their lives. Honor widows. We have widows in this church. They are tremendous. Absolutely tremendous people. It was a widow that God used. I came very, very close to death. I was at the Rock Church. I'd only been in the church for, I don't know, weeks. And I came down with hepatitis type B. It was an incubation period and full board just completely knocked me off my feet. There was a widow in that church. I was actually staying with the, he liked the way I play guitar, the music director of the church. Um, we talked about music all the time, and I was actually, I didn't have a place to stay. I was living out of cardboard boxes. I was staying on their couch, and when they found out that I had hepatitis B, his wife said, honey, I cannot wash. I cannot do everything that's required, so I had to go somewhere else. I called the pastor. I said, Brother Wilson, this is where I'm at. I don't have any money. Um, I just don't have nothing, nothing, zero. He said, well, we're, we'll work on this. And there was a widow in that church, Sister Estelle Rowland was a widow. She had a big house. She said, he can stay in the back half of my house. I never go back there. Uh, he can stay there as long as he needs to. I was there for three months rehabilitating. And she is one of the most magnificent people that I've ever met in my life, unselfish. First Timothy 5.17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. See, if we're not careful, we have this fallen innate ability 
you've got it, I've got it. But we think the closer, the, the more we get to know somebody in our human nature, without, without the aid of the Holy Ghost, the more we devalue them. Because that's really how we feel about ourselves. What God is saying is, put your honor on the office. Man, I've seen the pastor and his, both his socks don't match. Well, mine, just, mine are okay tonight. But I mean, I might get to the age where I can't find the light and I've got a green sock. I won't wear green socks, but you know, I'm just, y'all still alive over there? Okay. You're supposed to give double honor to the office. See, if it's just people operating on personality, you're going to think, okay, I got my list, and this is why I don't have to like them. I don't have to respect them. That means you need more Holy Ghost because the whole. A revival church in the 21st century is not going to be built on a bunch, a bunch of fake Pentecostals. Well, Pastor, I spoke in tongues last week. Yeah, but you robbed the bank at 4 o'clock this afternoon. You cussed that guy out. You said a couple beep beep. All right. Double honor. I don't want to ever, ever, ever hear some young person in this church smarting off to your parents or smarting off to one of the elders in this church. I don't care how playful they become or... Well, Brother Mayor, you ain't going to be able to build a revival church with that kind of preaching. Honey, you ain't going to have a revival church without this kind of preaching. You might have a lot of people that act one way here in a completely different way at home. But principal living is the greatest honor and privilege of my lifetime is to live by these timeless, these timeless principles. And in reality, it's the greatest privilege of your life too. All right, Romans chapter 12. We're coming down the home stretch, I promise. Romans 12. Let love be without dissimulation. Oh, I love you, brother. Hey, did you hear about this guy over here? Phony. Artificial. Fake. I'm going to tell you what. When I came out of the world, I knew fakes. I could spot a fake. When I walked into the Rock Church, I want to tell you what, I was blown away. Somebody said, well, you shouldn't be talking about that other church. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you like it is. That was the first time I had ever in my life felt the love of God coming through people, and I was immediately addicted to that. I was like, man, I don't know what you guys got, but i got to have some of this. And I'm thanking God tonight that I really believe Cornerstone's got some of that. I believe that we've really got that kind of love. I believe we really have that, that type of sincerity, that type of reality. It's robust. It's powerful. 
Let your love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. And all the young people say amen. How many of you watched that devotional this morning about the cell phone? Yeah, there's more than a couple people. You don't want to lift your hand. We need to have a revival of doing something with that smartphone and letting God know the Word of God is way more important than how many likes I got on Instagram and how many hits I got on my... Come on, somebody help me out. All the young people say amen. The evangelists say amen. All right. Next verse. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor. Sometimes I lay awake at night. It's just how I'm wired, and I'm thinking, I think I need to go apologize to that person. And you know how it is. Hey, how you doing? Love you. You know what happened last week? I was only messing around. I love you. Well, pastor, you should feel better about yourself. No. I've got a restored relationship. That may not just be for me. That might be now he can move forward. Oh, come on. You need to get this. Preferring one. There might be things you have to do. Well, I, I just don't really feel like I should have to do that. But if it's going to help that person get over their obstacle and, and, and get the victory and be everything, uh, you should be willing to do whatever it takes to see somebody else get the victory. and be. Oh, my God. Somebody help me out back there. Brotherly love. Love the brotherhood. Well, you know, I got a bunch of friends and they're outside of the church. That's where I really find my fulfillment. You don't know what you're missing, sir. You need a good old-fashioned prayer meeting and find out, man, I need to be witnessing to those clowns. I need to be telling them that about, about this place. Thank God for all that... All that stuff out there, but there ain't nothing like this. There ain't nothing like what we had around here on Sunday. I wouldn't trade that for a billion dollars. Let's clap our hands and give God the praise right now. We need to pray through until we can love one another and understand the value of the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. All right. My last scripture. Pastor, you keep saying that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 20. If you'll pay close attention to this, I promise I'll be done. If, you do not, if I feel that there's one person <laughs> sometimes I even think I'm ridiculous, okay? But now are they yet many members? First Corinthians chapter 12 is, is the famous discourse by Paul writing to that problematic, unsettled church at Corinth that he loved dearly, but they're fighting carnality. They didn't, they, they, they were, had all their human heroes, whether it was Cephas and Paul and 
Apollos. And Paul had to remind him that you only, you have not many fathers, yada, 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 yada. Here he is, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But now are they many members yet one body. Everybody said one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. That means the super spiritual people that can see, be it prophecy, or given a message in tongues, cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. The hand, of course, is evangelism. It reaches. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Next verse. This is amazing. I want you to look at this. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. This is unbelievable. When I saw this, go to the next verse, please. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. Everybody said honorable. Upon these we bestow more abundant honor. They're not used in prophecy. They don't go to the third heaven in prayer. They're not used in tongues interpretation. Sister Sue McKee, I want you to know how much I love and appreciate you. You're as faithful as a clock. I wish, I wish there was more people in this church that followed your example about faithfulness. God bless you. Somebody puffed her chest up. Oh, I'm the biggest laughing rooster around here. Sit down and shut up. Or, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Be quiet. Man, that'd get my mouth washed out with soap. If my little four foot three Irish grandmother was here with lava soap. Dude, that was child abuse. Some of you guys getting a little swat. They call CPS. Shame on you. You don't know what a good whipping is. If I'd have said, you're going to, I'm going to go to CPS to my parents, they said that's a hundred more lashes. When you ain't, when you're done, you ain't even going to be able to call the ambulance. Now get over here and lay over this bed. Honey, I want to tell you what. They, you got, y'all are pampered powdered, get that little powder, you don't know what a good, you don't know what good chastisement looks like, but God knows how to do it, and that ain't my business to talk about that, okay, look at this, and those members, this is amazing, we're almost done, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. They're beautiful. They're, ne they're necessary. They're needful. Brother Tristan, I know you're a newlywed, but quit talking to her. I'm trying to preach to her. Next verse. For our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. The church that loves everybody, 
is not going to have a shortage of the gifts. They're not going to have a shortage of the fruits. They're going to have, they're going to absolutely, they're absolutely, I'm going to tell you what's happening in the supernatural in this city. This city is going to be broken by Pentecost. There were, hold on a second, there were generations of Pentecostals. I've done my homework. There were generations of Pentecostals long before I ever came here that believed in foreign missions, and to their credit, they provided foreign missions with some of the greatest missionaries this movement has ever seen. But Brother Ben, they never talked about home missions. They never talked about reaching Washington, reaching Oregon, reaching Idaho. Everybody wants to go to the good places. I'm telling you, it's starting to buckle, and it's starting to waver. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. The body having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Next verse. That there should be no schism in the body. Well, we don't, we don't hang out with that family over there because they're, they're a little down on their luck and they're on welfare. Ladies and gentlemen, if you worked a good paying job, It's quiet now. It needs to be quiet. You need to listen to what this, your pastor's saying. If you paid taxes and you're down on your luck and you're on welfare, don't be ashamed of it. That's what it's for. But if you're living on welfare, every single chance you get, instead of letting God bless you from doing the right thing, you're doing it wrong. That's right all the way to the bank. We should not be dependent on the human system. We should be dependent on God's ways. God, the only place where God said, here, test me, try me, try me, challenge me, see if I won't bless you. It's the only place in a dealt with finances. If you're not faithful in your tithes and your offerings, you can continue to struggle. God says you got to get that revelation because it's more about the money. It's more about faith and trust and belief. This is my final point. When we just love everybody, we are showing to the devil and to the world that every human being matters from the guttermost to the uttermost. In your face, devil. That's why I have preached all over this country. God, we will take, we'll take the transgender people. We'll take the drag queens. They ain't going to do their nonsense in this church. We're going to get them right up in this altar, and we're going to put them down in that water, and when the power of God gets a hold of them, it's going to cast that devil right out of them. I've heard, I've heard preachers get up and say, just start railing about this group of people and this group of people. And I get up and I say, if you don't want them, you send them to me. We'll take them at Cornerstone. And you'll watch the power of God transfer that life from going to hell to going to heaven. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and give God the praise in Jesus' name. Oh, let's praise him. Oh, let's praise him.
Come on, let's praise him because he's worthy. Let's praise him because he loves every human being. Let's praise him because he brought honor and value and strength and principle and goodness into our lives. It's time to get full of the Holy Ghost. Walk in the fullness of the Holy Ghost. I've kept you a lot longer than I intended. God bless each and every one of you. Um, let's do this. Um, this is our last church service. We're going to actually have our midweek service next Wednesday. And so I'll tell you what we want to do. Let's lift our hands and let's pray right now. Father, I love you. I love this group of people. I love where you sent me. I love these people. God is just getting started with you. If, if, if you could get a revelation what is available to you in the reality of the Spirit, you'd never be the same. 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 This altar is open. There might be somebody here tonight that says, you know what, Pastor? I, I need these principles in my life. Come on, come on, come on. If you, if you need to go because of time or whatever, you're welcome. You're dismissed. You're dismissed to go. But you're also welcome to come to this altar tonight in the name of Jesus and find a place to pray. In this type of environment, God, help me to see myself correctly. Help me to see others correctly. I want to love like you love. I need the love of God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I love you and I praise you. I want to live the rest of my days not under the lust of men, but under the goodness, the righteousness, and the holiness that's in my new nature, not my old nature, not the criticism of my old nature, not the negativity of my old nature. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray, young man. Let's pray in the name of Jesus power of the Holy Ghost is here. If God's tugging on your heart, come on down to this altar and let God fill your life with his goodness. God, I want to be different. God, I want to be different. God, I want to be what you want to make me. I'm so tired of myself. I'm sick of myself. I want to be what God sees me to be. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.